Hello, and welcome to another episode of You Can Manage That, a podcast for first-time managers that want to level up their leadership skills. I'm your host, Chris Asper, and if you're a first-time manager who has ever wanted to work for Google, or you want to know some mistakes to avoid as a manager, or maybe you consider yourself to be introverted and are leading people, then you want to listen to today's episode. Joining me today is Francis Ma. Francis is the Director of Product Management at Google. Since joining in 2011, he has led a number of teams working on products such as Firebase, Google Cloud, and Android. And he's also presented in front of thousands of people in person and online at Google's annual developer day called Google I.O. Prior to Google, he was an entrepreneur and tech startup co-founder in Toronto. And before that, he worked at Amazon in Seattle as a software engineering manager. Outside of work, he loves playing ice hockey, spending time with his family, and aspires to be a chef someday. Francis, welcome to the show. Hey, hello, and thank you for having me, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad and excited to have you here. Tell us, uh, I mean, I, I talked a little bit about your, your career journey. Fill us in just a little bit about, you know, some of the, the products that you've helped launch, um, some of those little details. Yeah, um, well, you know, as, you, as you've covered, um, I've, I've spent the last decade here at Google, uh, very fortunate to have that opportunity uh, to work on a number of things. Uh, most recently, uh, I am the head of product for um, a, a product line called Firebase, uh, where we build developer tools for people that are building apps. So a lot of apps that you might have on your phone are, in fact, uh, probably using Firebase in one way or another. And uh, that, that's what we do. And it's, it's a lot of fun being able to not only work with uh, the colleagues at Google, but also get to interface with uh, external developers uh, and, and other companies and meeting customers out there as well. Awesome. So roughly about how many engineers, uh, managers do you have reporting to you? Yeah, so um, I have three direct managers that are reporting to me, um, but through them, they're also managing uh, other teams. And in aggregate, uh, there, are, there are a few hundred engineers that, that work on Firebase. And yeah, so it's been it's been a fun ride. So it, it's the transition from, you know, and, and I'm imagining, you know, you yourself, you, you started off in, in software as a developer, as an engineer, is that correct? Yep. That's right. As you've, as you've mentioned, I started out my, my career at Amazon, uh, where I was a developer and engineer. So the transition, let's talk about that because, you know, a lot of people who are, have a technical skill, you know, and they're an individual contributor, they're really great at what they do and they transition to management. You know, it could be a little bit difficult, especially if, you know, you've went to school for your technical skills and, and that's what you, you know, landed a, a job in. So what's your advice for someone who may come from a technical background, say in software engineering or in software development or even sales, and they have to lead a team? Like how can they let go of doing what they're good at and comfortable with and start managing people, which is something new and perhaps a little awkward? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and, and one that um, I really struggled early on as well when I, when I got started. You know, I'll tell you a bit of a story on, on how I got started being, being a manager where, you know, I had, as you've mentioned, um, I started out as a developer uh, at Amazon. Um, and after about a year and a half in or so, um, this was during a really busy time at work. We had just launched a, a big project. Uh, and we were having a, a happy social hour with the team. And I got pulled into the office by my senior manager at the time in the middle of that. 
And I thought, oh no, like, was there something wrong? Uh, and, and and he said to me, hey Francis, uh, your manager, uh, Bob, has decided to leave the team. And I was like, oh man, like what's gonna happen to, to this project? What's gonna happen to my career? And then he said, and we'd like you to be that manager, to step into his shoes. And I was like, what? That's wild. And I was, you know, it was it was a weird feeling of both, you know, being excited, but at the same time also very overwhelming and confusing. Um, and so that was really my journey. And I think I see that pattern a lot where oftentimes, um, you know, folks that have been uh, doing a lot of technical work have been really thrown into this opportunity, as you've mentioned, not really having a lot of that formal training. And so it definitely took a while for me to, to get a grasp of it. But one thing that I had learned in the recent years was recognizing that while at the start of my career, I was building a lot of software systems, being a manager was actually building a system for people in the way that you're thinking about how to delegate, how to uh, load balance across the teams and so forth. So that had helped me um, do some of that transition and start to come to the realization that delegating work and letting go of some of the technical work uh, was okay because I was also able to be a, a builder, but in a different capacity. Well, like building a computer system or, or a software system versus building a system of people. I, I, I like that. I love that that comparison. And so when you've gone to school and, you know, you've been, and, and again, I don't know my, lang my, my, my coding languages, so Java, C++, whatever. Now you got to learn this other language, this language in, in building a system for, of people, of managing people. So talk about that transition. What were some of the things that you, you started to learn? Tell me more about that. Yeah, and, and just to elaborate on that a bit more now, obviously, uh, working with people um, is, is a lot more complex, but, but, but stepping back at the heart of it, you know, as engineers, um, and early on, like our training is about recognizing problems and designing solutions for them. So that's what I mean by when it comes to taking that designing like systems design type approach to it. And here we are as being a new manager, uh, for me at the time was about how do I help to provide guidance for the team? How do I help uh, make sure that the folks on the team are, are well supported, etc.? And so there were a, a variety of, of problems, of course, as, as we all face as, as new managers. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I try to look at that lens as, okay, now given these problems, what are the ways that we can, we can solve that? Mm. Now, as you had mentioned, obviously, working with people is definitely not like programming a computer at all where... There are so like each individual on the team are, are very different. Uh, and in fact, as you were talking about speaking languages and so forth, that it's really important to recognize that everybody has their own unique communication style. And, and so that was something that um, I certainly have made a lot of mistakes early on in my career, but something that um, I've been uh, helping uh, mentor other managers as well to really pay attention to one recognize that um, each individual are very different and a recipe to be able to communicate well with each one of them is also to understand the way that they communicate uh, and, and therefore helps you to in turn adapt your own language and your own way to really make sure that you can have that bi-directional uh, connection with all the individuals on the team. Hmm. Uh, like what you said there and, and just recognizing that, you know, um, people are, are different and and I, th I think one of the things that, particularly engineers, you know, they're, they're very precise, right? There's always like, you know, to the nth decimal point, it has to be exactly precise. 
but then you're going into this managing people and it's it's not precise it's vague so walk me through how you get comfortable going from something that is super precise to something that is a little bit more vague like managing people even though there is a system for it but yeah i i think i think that is a a big mental shift that i think for all new managers uh really need to recognize and get comfortable in doing i i think that you know while uh, i use that analogy as building a system certainly you know the the idea of being really dynamic with the situation really understanding that as you said you know it's not precise and and there are many different it's very complex of a problem and so i think that's something that uh, folks you need to mentally be open to the idea that you know you're no longer just um, again using the, uh, the engineering analogy engineering a a stable system but rather you're you know engineering a, a into a solution around an unstable and a chaotic world and thinking about you know how you can uh, anticipate that and i think for me the way i looked at it was about again recognizing that there is no single right or wrong solution um, especially when it comes to uh, catering to the, the unique needs for both the business dynamics and the talent that you have on the team hmm. interesting so much richness there so one of the things you said and, and you shared was that, you know, you were taken aside and be like, hey, you're going to be managing this team and, and you were super excited and sometimes scared at the same time. One of the things that new people managers deal with, particularly the ones that are technical, is that they go back to the technical, um, their skill set as, as a sense of safety, mm-hmm. as a way to provide value. How did you learn to let some of that go, uh, particularly as you've moved up? I mean, I know you still have to be, have that technical base, but... You know, when you're overseeing hundreds of engineers, you're not doing the day-to-day. So how do you go from, you know, doing the, the, the technical to, you know, doing less technical and now not doing as much? Yeah, that, that was certainly a, a very hard struggle for me uh, early on as well. And being let, letting that go. And in particular, moving out of the comfort zone in something that you might have been really good at to now doing something entirely new and you feel like you're, you're a fish out of water. And I'm, frankly, I've made a lot of that personal mistakes as well in really trying to be hands-on and, and in, the, in the world of engineering, also try to provide input into that. But what I had learned over time, there were three things for me. First is, you know, trying to put myself in, in, in the shoes of, of my team. It's not fun when a manager comes in and intervenes and in many ways, you know, you could even say micromanage and tell you what to do. Uh, and so that was one recognition, just being keeping that perspective of what it's like being that report. The second one is about scaling yourself and the time that you have. As you think about all the people that you're managing now and the output you're expected to deliver and the results you're expected to deliver, it's just going to be physically impossible for you to really continue to get hands on. Uh, and in fact, it would be ineffective for the, for, for the organization and business to do that. Um, and so really, again, thinking about how do you continue to provide a high impact uh, for the business at the same time doing it through your team rather than directly yourself. And the third thing that, that helped me as well uh, as a perspective is it was very difficult at the beginning for me to recognize the sense of accomplishment of being a manager versus as an individual. As an individual, it was fairly easy in the, in the sense that you can really precisely measure the output you know, based on the amount of code you've written, the amount of things that you've built. But as manager, 
it's a lot fuzzier. Uh, it's not just about the day-to-day -day activities. Um, it's about some of the, the, the net output of the team. But, but the changing perspective for me to recognize is that my manager is also being evaluated by that same skills. Mm -hmm. And so while you know it was very different in the way that you may evaluate your direct reports and how they might have delivered the output, it's important to keep in mind that you know your senior manager and others have also gone through that growing path on their own. And they do understand that as a manager, you're no longer necessarily just measured on the individual output. And so the collectively, all those all those three things and you know, one, not putting myself in the in the perspective of the team. Number two is recognizing the, the ability to scale myself. And number three is, as I said, that that the manager would understand uh, the evaluation and in aggregate of that uh, helped me let go and step back and really shift it more towards a coach rather than a player on the field. I'm just amazed, Francis. That was a fantastic. Those three things are really, really key. And I do agree with you. So you've been now a manager for about 15 years. You've helped many ICs or individual contributors become managers themselves from a variety of teams. And we've already talked about some of the mistakes that you've made. What do you think are, are some common mistakes that first-time managers make that, that keep them stuck and struggling? Yeah, I think recognizing the importance of being an adaptive communicator. Mm. And as I've, which we were talking about previously, that everybody has their own individuals, uh, personalities, communication styles. And the first thing is really recognizing that people communicate differently. Uh, some people like to be directed and, and have very specific guidance on what to do. Some people like to be given the specific goals, but not to be told how to do And part of their journey is to figure out how and really understanding the spectrum of the individuals on the team so that you can become an adaptive communicator to them. I think it's something that uh, oftentimes new managers, is a, it's a new skill to learn uh, and recognize. And oftentimes that, that could be a mistake as well. So why do you think then they don't do the adaptive communication? I think it's about the, just the awareness of it. It's not that they don't, they don't want to do it, um, but I think oftentimes when uh, for example, as an IC, you're perhaps in a much more uh, a fixed environment, uh, especially uh, for me in my career uh, as an engineer, you know, I am dealing with like hard tech problem where I'm working with a computer, uh, whereas being a manager now, all of a sudden the dynamics are, are very different as we're talking about, you're dealing with people that are much more complex. And so I think it's, it's more about coming to that recognition mm -hmm. um, and also recognizing that this is a completely new skill. Just as an engineer, you're learning a new programming language or whatever it might be, this is a new skill to become an adaptive communicator is a new skill to learn. And so I think it's really about like raising that awareness and, and recognize the importance of this. Yeah, and not only raising awareness and recognizing importance, but also giving yourself time to learn. You know, I, I know, especially at Google and, and you know, you being a graduate of the University of Waterloo and going to Amazon, you know, you're dealing with a lot of high achievers, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, people who may tend to be hard on themselves. And so, you know, you got to learn that, you know, this takes time and, and be able to take time to, to learn this adaptive communication. If someone wants to learn adaptive communication today, what would you say they can do to learn that? Yeah, I had um, early on, I had a mentor who had uh, given me that same advice and enlightened me to this moment. And there was a specific book that he recommended, and I still recommend this book to everybody who, who I work with today, 
and it's called the Social Styles Handbook. And it's a fairly short book, but but the concept of it is that it, it explains the, the different types of personalities and the way that people communicate. As I've briefly mentioned, you know, some people like to be told what to do versus some people like to be asked of, of to do something uh, versus somebody that are, you know, really more focused on uh, working on specific tasks. And there are other people that really like to be more more social. And even as a, a as an engineer, going back to it, you might have come across colleagues who, you know, some of them like to read documentations versus some people might like to whiteboard out a solution together. Um, and so I would highly recommend this book, uh, The Social Styles, uh, and you can find it very easily on Amazon to read. Yes. It's funny that you're saying Amazon just because that's where you used to work. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, built, and the page was probably built by Amazon or sorry, by Francis many time, years ago. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So let's move to uh, then, you know, the, the industry that you're in and, you know, software engineers, software developers, they're typically introverted. Would you consider yourself to be an introvert? Yeah, I, I think, um, well, well, certainly there are many, a variety of different personalities as engineers, uh, but certainly for myself, I, I'm definitely an introvert. Yeah, that was something that like being able to learn how to embrace that and, and be able to harness that uh, has, has, has taken me some time, but that's that's who I am. Mm -hmm. So there's this myth that, you know, in order for people to be a leader, they need to be outgoing. You know, obviously that's not true. So what's the best way then to deal with both your introversion and being a leader? Yeah, I think for me, and, and very much at the beginning, when I first started as a manager, I had that belief as well. And it, for me, there were there were two things that, that became a turning point. One was recognizing that there are a lot of introverted leaders out there that have been very successful. And so that certainly shows that, hey, it's not just this one particular path, but there are many paths to success that, that you can you can uh, achieve and find uh, given the different types of personality. So that's that's one thing mentally to understand that you can be a very successful manager even though if you're if you're an introvert. And the second part to it is, in fact, you have a lot of skills as an introvert that you can bring to the table. And the, the second realization for me was really recognizing that and understanding that and also embracing it in a way that can help me and, and turn that into, into a strength. So for example, uh, as, a, as an introvert myself, I naturally like to be a, a thinker in, on my own. And so oftentimes before I engage with the team, I would spend some of my own time just to think about the problem, think about how I may deliver a particular message versus somebody who might have um, other skill sets and they're able to just do it on the fly. And so, again, just it's important to understand your, your own personality and trait and embrace that and turn that into a strength. Interesting. So uh, I like what you said, you know, lots of introverted leaders out there, they're very successful, you know, have that in your mind. Um, so that way you can overcome that mindset or, or that belief that you had uh, about, you know, you need to be outgoing to, to be a leader. Um, and you mentioned one skill or one strength uh, of introverted leaders versus people who tend to be more extroverted. Have you noticed any other advantages that introverted leaders have over their extroverted leaders? I believe being an active listener it is actually something that has really helped me as well. That again, being a natural introvert, I like to listen 
more than than I like to speak. And again, these are each individual strengths. Uh, each individual might have their own strengths to play to their own. But my personal style is that I like to listen a lot. Uh, in part, it, it, it gives me an opportunity to really absorb the information and really think about that. And one of the things that, again, I've come to realize as well, when as we were talking about um, adaptive communication, the other side of the coin of, of communicating is to listen, to become an active listener, to really understand what the other person is saying to you. And again, that is a lot of rich signals in terms of understanding how they're feeling, what's going on with the business, how they're doing, how you can help. And so for me, as an introvert, I think one of the key strengths that we can get comfortable and, and, and lean into is really harnessing that the ability to become an active listener. Um, and it's okay to not necessarily to, to speak a lot because in fact, you can get a lot of information just by listening and have a really good understanding of what's, uh, how your team is doing uh, by, by, by listening to them. You can get a lot done by listening. Love it. And again, there's also this connotation too that, or this myth that, you know, fast paced environments require extroversion versus introversion. And, and obviously Google is an extremely fast paced environment. So, so talk about how introverted leaders can be successful in a fast paced environment, in a creative environment, in a productive environment like Google. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the silver linings uh, in, in the last two years is really been this shift to remote work and hybrid work. You know, nowadays, we all communicate over email, over Zoom, over chat. You know, and, and, and in fact, in that medium, you, you don't get to have a lot of face-to-face, real-time converse- and live conversations with people. And so, again, I think the evolution, the, the, the shift, re- uh, especially in the recent years in the industry, has really created, I would even say, um, more room for folks to be able to communicate through uh, written communication as one means of that. And personally, that's also my style as well, where I, as I mentioned, I like to really take that moment to think, take the moment to jot down my thoughts on paper. And now in the world of uh, us, many of us working remotely, digitally, being able to write down your thoughts into a doc and disseminate that to the team, you know, whether it's just over email or maybe they're working in different time zones in different countries. In fact, that would even work better. So. I think that is a good way where, in fact, you get more done because now you also don't have to repeat that same message over and over again uh, by writing them down into into documents. So again, it's, it, it comes back to you can continue to embrace this fast-paced environment, continue to embrace the notion of being a high achiever uh, at the same time, adapting that to your own communication style. And for me personally, it was about writing down uh, into into documentation and using written communication as a way to really get that message across. Thank you. Yeah, with with today's you know method of work, uh, as someone as who is an extrovert myself, I would consider myself an extrovert. Um, I've had to learn to be a little bit more introverted just because of the way that we communicate now. Um, you know, through Zoom or through email or through you know um, Slack, all those different channels. As we wrap up, you know, we've talked a lot about um, you know your transition from individual contributor to manager. We've talked about common mistakes of first time managers. We've talked about introverted leaders. What lessons or messages or advice do you want my audience of first-time managers to remember? 
I would go back to what we had said earlier about uh, being an adaptive communicator. I think this is a very fundamental skill and a lifelong skill that not only works for, for, for being a first-time manager, but in, in all walks of life, being an adaptive uh, and active communicator. And so as a new manager, if I am to go back to time, that one piece of advice, I would go back to say, this is a new skill to make room, to make time to invest and, and build up is in the art of adaptive communication. And related to that is also recognizing that different individuals on the team have very different styles and being able to really adapt that communication to each one of them would really help you uh, as, a, as a manager. Anything else you'd like my audience to know? Have fun, have fun doing it. It's a, you know, for me, it was, it was very scary. Certainly, as I mentioned, getting pulled into that meeting uh, with my senior manager at the time and uh, being asked to be a manager for the first time. But over the course of the years, it's just been incredible to be able to learn this new skill set as a manager and over time uh, have had the opportunity to become a manager of managers to then be able to pay for it and help others. And so it definitely might be may seem hard uh, and I'm still learning every day. But most importantly is to have fun while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Life's too short. You got to have fun while you're learning. Where can they find more information uh, about you, Francis? Well, I have uh, recently uh, getting a little bit more active on, on Twitter. So that would be a, a good way to follow or even reach out and, and message me. I would love to hear from all of you again, just to exchange learnings. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm still learning myself day to day. So I'm sure that there's a lot to uh, that we can help each other. And uh, my Twitter handle is can't forget. So hopefully that's pretty easy to remember too. I don't think they'll be able to forget that one because they can't forget, can't forget. <laughs> awesome. Well, Francis, thank you so much. Uh, I want to thanks for you know sharing your time and your expertise with us. I know you're a busy person. You have hundreds of engineers that report through you. You're also, um, you know, a husband, uh, you know, a father. I just want to thank you so much for just taking the time today. It's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you for for having me, and and uh, I'm glad that I can have this opportunity to pay forward and and help new managers as well. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to You Can Manage That. I'm your host, Chris Asper. For more information about my guest, Francis Ma, follow him on Twitter. His handle is Can't Forgets. Today's episode is produced by Lead Podcasting. Special thanks to Michael Allen, who helped to record, produce, and edit today's episode. For more information about me, go to chrisasper.com or feel free to follow me on Instagram at You Can Manage That. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player so that you can manage that. Bye for now.